the Purity for Life podcast, episode 186. My name is Frank Honus, and this week we are talking about carrying the resurrection. Uh, special podcast for you guys this week um, called Carrying the Resurrection. Actually, a, uh, a message that I shared um, at a local local congregation, local church in our area called Impact Impact Church in Fruitland, Maryland, uh, the week after Easter. Uh, carrying the resurrection. I wanted to share this message with you guys. Maybe you're wondering, well, what does a message about resurrection have anything to do with with purity for life or you know sexual purity? And really, for me, it has everything to do with with purity for life because um, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that set me free from porn addiction, from pornography. And, and I really, I, I just want you to. To, to to hear that I want I want that to sort of uh, you know uh, settle in a little bit that that same that same resurrection divine power that raised Jesus um, is the same power that that sets us free that heals us that makes us whole from from sexual addiction God God raised uh, Jesus from the dead and you know he died he died for you and I that we might have eternal life in him and through that power, we can have eternal life and we can be made whole as, as uh, individuals. And so I, I really feel like there is, um, there is so much, um, there's so much significance in uh, the Easter holiday. And now we are, you know, we're about two, two, three weeks after Easter, uh, you know, Easter Sunday, but I still felt like uh, the week after Easter, I was invited to, to share and preach at a church. And, and I just felt like I wanted to sort of, you know, do a follow-up message. And I felt the Lord put, you know, this message of carrying, carrying his resurrection. You know, what does it look like for us to carry the resurrection after Easter, not just on, you know, Good Friday when Jesus died on the cross and Easter Sunday when he was raised from the dead, but what does it look like on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and, and all those days beyond to carry the resurrection. And so I make there's three main things here within the message that I hope you'll be encouraged by. But, you know, again, I, I, I can't begin to even tell you on this podcast or even in person or, you know, uh, what what I would do without Jesus, Jesus in my life and what I would do without Christ's resurrection power, because that is ultimately above all strategies, above all support, above every, um, you know, recovery tool and and uh, counseling and, and therapy and all that stuff, it, it's the power of Jesus. It's it's the resurrection. It's that power that uh, G- only Jesus can bring, and and the work that only Jesus can do. That um, that really has set me free from from my addiction, and I, I I really feel like that is the the ultimate key to recovery is Jesus. And you know, there's a lot of great programs out there. You know, secular and Christian doesn't really matter. But uh, ultimately, it's it's the gospel, it's the the message of the cross and His resurrection that that sets people free, and not just sets people free, but makes people whole. That's why God died. I believe that God sent His Son to die for us so that we would be made whole as well. So I hope you guys will enjoy this message. I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. Again, uh, a little bit of a different podcast this week, but uh, I think there's some good things in here for you to uh, to take and to use for your your walk with Christ and also your your uh, your recovery journey. I hope that's an encouragement to you. So enjoy this message called "Carrying the Resurrection," 
and we will talk to you soon. Uh, I'm going to come back after this message here and uh, make some final comments, some announcements about, uh, you know, some updates of what's coming up on the podcast in the next couple weeks. How do we carry the resurrection into every single day? You know, as I was thinking and kind of praying, as Pastor Wayne asked me, I thought, you know, how do you follow up the greatest message? You know, how do you follow up the greatest, the, the week after Easter? You know, what do you say to people the week after Easter? So I really wanted what I share with you guys this morning just to be sort of a follow-up to, to, to Easter and, and how do we carry the resurrection into our new year. So I just have a few, uh, a few things I want to share with you. Number one, I think that we, uh, first thing, I think that we carry the resurrection by the love that we show. We carry the resurrection by the love that we show. Uh, open up if you have, well, I, I, let me read to you 1 John, if you, if you don't have it in front of you. Let me read, this is out of the Passion Translation, actually, so you may not have this. 1 John 4, uh, verses 11 to 21. A little bit of a lengthy passage, just let me read this to you. Let this just sort of seep in. These are some really good words. 1 John 4, uh, verse 11 to 21. Delightfully loved ones. Doesn't that make you feel good to be called delightfully loved ones, right? We are delightfully loved. Delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And he has given us his spirit within us, and he, has given, and he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and we live in him. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that the Father, that Father God has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. That's what my prayer is for all of us today, that we come into that intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may, be, may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is so are we in this world. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Whoa, that's deep. Our love for, the other, our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred towards another believer. This makes him a phony. Because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God who you can't see? For he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. So the resurrection is best seen through those who love well. I want you just to think about those in your life, people in your life, can't be you, okay? Turn you, you got to think about somebody else here. I want you to think about somebody in your life who just loves really well, who really knows how to love well. When I think about people like that in my life, I think about one person, for example, it's, it's my wife's godmother. We call her Mom B, 
right? You know, you know somebody named Mom B is going to be like, I really like, just know how to love Jesus, right? Her name's, well, her name's Bernice Arner, but we call her Mom B, right? And she is just the definition of love. We talk about it a lot, how she just loves people. She loves, you know how she loves people so much? She loves her family. She loves her friends. She's always smiling when you see her, right? Always laughing, you know, always wanting to have fun. It's because she has such an intimate love experience with the Father. She has such an intimate relationship with Jesus, and Jesus is her everything. And so when I think about the people, other people in my life who, who, just, who, who, who love well, it's because Jesus is their first love. He's their everything. And one of the things that I've learned in my life, slash am learning, okay, learn slash am learning, is that love doesn't expect anything in return. Love doesn't expect anything in return. Love doesn't even expect love in return. I mean, I mean, really, think about it. If you love something and you really love someone with a genuine, authentic love, do you, think that Jesus, do you think that Jesus loves us so that we would love him in return solely? Jesus loves us because it's his nature. He loves us because he's God. He, he doesn't love with an expectation that we love him back. He made this sacrificial, uh, this act, this death, this sacrifice, knowing that, that he was giving everything within himself, Right? And, and, and has, 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 have, have we seen the entire creation, you know, come to repentance to love Jesus yet? No, we haven't. So he sacrificed himself knowing that there would be many that would love him in return and many that wouldn't. But there was no expectation to say, you have to love me back, right? So, so loving people doesn't, or, or love doesn't expect anything in return. And, and not even love itself, right? Um, and so we see the deepest reflection uh, of that in, in uh, God's life within us. So um, I, last night we shared, we actually, this weekend we traveled to, uh, my wife and I and, and some of her family, we traveled to, to Lancaster. How, how many people have seen Sight and Sound? Have gone to Sight and Sound before? Just an amazing, amazing experience. This was only the second time that I had gone. We had gone to see Samson, but we went to see their new show, uh, Jesus, which is their brand new, the brand new show there, Jesus. And it just totally messed me up. <laughs> I mean, other than seeing the passion of the Christ, which, which, I mean, really ultimately wrecked me, but this show just, just, just really wrecked me. I mean, just, wow. I mean, what an amazing, amazing display, not just of uh, Jesus' life, but, the, but uh, the story of love, right? The act that took place. I mean, powerful, powerful display of love. And uh, his life, as in Scripture, uh, I thought it was really cool as I was reading the, uh, the pamphlet, actually, when they were, the directors were thinking um, through this and reading the Gospels, the word that kept coming to their mind was rescue. They wanted this show to be based on this whole theme of rescue. And so you see this, I saw this all throughout the show, and this, this love that gave and gave and gave, how he would oftentimes, he would leave the crowd and he would rescue the one, right? Whether it was the lost son, you know, the story of the lost son or the, the story of the lost sheep, you see Jesus giving of himself to leave the crowd and go to the one. To go to the one. It's just, it was so powerful. It was so amazing to be able to see that. And so um, that's what love does. Uh, it's, the resurrection is best seen through those who love well. I just want to share this quote with you. I thought it was interesting. My wife gave this to me from R. Kent Hughes. He says, the cross is the ultimate, and I would even add to that the resurrection, the cross and the resurrection, is the ultimate evidence that there is no length to the love of God 
there is no length the love of God will refuse to go in in affecting reconciliation. The cross is the ultimate evidence that there is no length the love of God will refuse to go in affecting reconciliation. So we carry the resurrection... um, we carry the resurrection by the love that we show. The second thing I want to share is that we carry the resurrections by the words that we speak, right? So it's through the love that we show. How do we carry the resurrection beyond Easter Sunday? It's through the love that we show, but it's all through, also through the words that we speak. <laughs> um, the words you speak become the house you live in. I read that. I thought that was kind of interesting, that the words that you speak become the house that you live in. Somebody said that. Words have so much power, Right? And as, again, as I, as I grow as a husband, as I grow as a father, I'm seeing incredibly, in more incredible ways, the power of my words, both in positive ways and in negative ways. And think about your communication to your family this week. Think about your communication with your, with your spouse this week, or your, or your kids, or your coworkers, you know what I'm saying? And, and think about what that looks like. I think about that in my life. Um, but the reality is this, is that you and I, have been given eternal life, eternal life. That, that life that is literally within us, that we have accepted from Jesus. And I, I find that often my words help to empower so much doubt and so much fear and so much negativity. I mean, how many of our words can be filled with those things? With, uh, with anger, right? With jealousy, you know? But God has given us eternal life. God has given us eternal life. And how do we carry this resurrection? It's through the words that we share and we speak over people. What are we saying? What am I saying to my spouse? How am I talking? How am I communicating with my family, with my kids? And so when I speak words of, of, of doubt, of fear, of negativity, I even had some conversation with my wife this morning, just of some distractions I was feeling. She's saying, you know, don't give voice to those distractions. You know, when we give voice to distractions, we give voice to fear, we give voice to those, you know, to the enemy, uh, he gains so much influence over us and we lose that resurrection power, right? We lose that ability to walk in the resurrection. And so the question is this, who am I to elevate the experiences of my life over the power that Jesus has given me? I mean, really, think about it. The hardest thing that you're walking through right now, the hardest thing that I'm walking through right now, the, you know, whether it's a financial issue, you know, a health challenge, you know, whatever it is, I mean, what, what is that compared to the price that he paid for me and you and the price that he paid on the cross? What is that? Really, it's like this big, if you think about it, if we're really honest with ourselves. So I just want to encourage you, let your words, let's let our words this week, as we carry the resurrection, right, let your words be a source of nourishment for other people. Can you imagine that the words that you speak to people, the words that you give to people, just feeds them. It just feeds them. It's a source of nourishment. You know, it helps them to grow. It helps them to, to be new, to challenge. This is not like, you know, you're going to walk out tomorrow and, and, and like be perfected in your tongue, all right? This takes time and training, right? This isn't like instant like change, but focus on just how can I be more positive this week? Hello? How can I be more positive this week? How can I be more, um, you know, confident this week? How can I be more encouraging this week? Yeah, I really, sometimes you don't really don't feel like helping somebody, you know, or feel like, you know, you know, helping your kids do something or your spouse do something. Man, just dig deep. How can I just like get beyond that and speak words of life? You and I have been given eternal life through the resurrection. That is the power that we have within us. 
And, and far too often we give, we give voice to the, to, the, uh, to the other things. Ephesians 3.17, and here it really is, right? Ephesians 3.17 says this in the Passion. It says, then by constantly using your faith. That's what we're doing. God has given us eternal life. He, the resurrection gave us this new life. Let's use this. Then by constantly using your faith, the life, excuse me, the life of Christ will be released Deep, with, deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and roots of your life. That's what I want. I want the, the life that Jesus gave me. I want people to be able to not just see that. I want them to be able to feel that. I want them to be able to experience that. I want to give that to people. So we carry the resurrection, right, through loving well. We carry the resurrections through the words that we speak. And then the last one I just want to share is that we carry the resurrection by the character that we keep. We carry the resurrection by the, char- by the character that we keep. The key word there is character. Another word for character is integrity. Another word, another way to think about integrity and character is who you are when nobody's looking. Even though Jesus is still looking, right? Character is that person you are when nobody else is around. And so your inner, I just want to say this, your inner world matters to God. Have you ever just thought about hey, what's my inner world look like right now? <laughs> like, if you're just driving, you know, sometimes I think, like, what, is, what in the world is going on inside of my heart right now? What in the world is going on inside of my mind right now? Like, your inner world, the inside of your heart, the inside of your mind matters to God. And, and, and I guess what I'm saying is that when I say that the resurrection, um, that we carry the resurrection by the character we keep, I'm not saying that you have to be perfected, that... Um, the point of your salvation is not dependent on perfection. I don't want you to hear that. What I want you to hear is that uh, we can't experience the new life that Jesus offers if our character is crippled. We can't, and again, please hear what I'm saying. I can't, I'm not saying that you can't be a Christian if you, if you lie or if you stole something or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? If you have sin in your life. It's not that you can't be a Christian. It's that you're, the, the, the life he gives us, it's, our character is crippled. When that, when that takes place. And we can't really walk in that fullness of new life. We can't really walk in the fullness of his resurrection if we're doing stuff in secret, right? If our character is not what it should be, if our integrity is not what we should be, if we're not living honest lives. Because our inside world, our mind, our heart, our emotions should always be aiming to reflect the new life that Jesus paid for. Always. It should be our goal, Maybe that's a better way to say that our goal should always be to go in the direction where Jesus wants to go in, that, that, um, that our inside world needs to be aligning with that uh, to, to reflect the new life that Jesus paid for. So whether in, in your, whether in your past or your present, okay, it was lying or anger or lust or fear or worry or any other thing, Jesus came to die for those things and redeem you. He came to die for those things and redeem you and I. I you know, I've, share, uh, I've shared with, with uh, men that I work with um, lately that, um, you know, through, through my addiction, my past addiction uh, to pornography and to, to now, you know, nine, ten years later, okay, God has redeemed my life and restored my life uh, so much. And, and I'm just so thankful to walk in the freedom and, and the purity that I get to walk in. But, you know, there's still heart issues, Right? There's still heart issues that he's still working out with me. 
that, that were tied in many ways to my, to my former addiction. I mean, think about it. If you know somebody who's had an addiction or if you struggle with addiction in your life, you know, issues of, you know, deep heart root issues of anger, deep heart root issues of fear, you know, those are still things I wrestle and deal with today. I still am working through. And if I'm not careful, those things can really cripple my character. They can really cripple me. And so, I, I, you know, I'm still, wor- I'm still saying, Jesus, help me to not be angry, right? Help me to not walk in anger. Help me to not walk in fear, okay? Because those are just as much sins and those are just as much displeasing to God as, as porn was, okay? As, as this addiction was, right? But, but there's all kinds of things. We all have them, right? Only you can determine what's inside of your heart and, and what, what, um, what you're, you're walking through right now. But he died for those things. He died to redeem anger, he died so that anger and fear and those things could be broken off of my life. And, and the, real, the bottom line is this. He wants you and I to be whole. He wants you and I to be whole, sons and daughters. He wants us to be his. And so let me share this with you in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, a very familiar verse in the Passion. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart. Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all you are. The Hebrew word here for heart is a word called levav. Okay, I think I'm saying that right. Hebrew scholars, check me. All right, levav, it includes our thoughts, our will, our discernment, and our affections. That's what that verse is talking about. Our our thoughts, our will, our discernment, and our affections. So we're told in Scripture to, to, above all things, right, to guard our heart because it's so, so important, right? We carry the resurrection through having a character that is like Christ. We carry the resurrection by the character that we keep. You know, I was thinking about this and um, thinking about this the, when I was writing this point down. And I want you to think about right now the dashboard in your car, okay? The dashboard in your, in your car. As you drive along the road, right, there's certain information that you're given, isn't there? There should be, hopefully. You don't have a blank dashboard, right? Or your car's working, <laughs> okay? There's certain information you're given, the speed at which you're driving, Okay, whether you need gas or not. I need to get gas on the way home, by the way. Um, help me remind me of that. Uh, but but you, the speed in which you're driving, right? If you have to have oil, if you're having problems with your oil, if, if your engine's overheating, right? There's information that you're given on your dashboard, okay? And so there's other information, right? Like the temperature of your en- engine, the level of your oil. There's things that you don't necessarily watch all the time or don't necessarily always come up all the time. But if, if the temperature, if your engine's overheating, right, and getting ready to blow up, all right, you see hopefully a little symbol, right? Typically, it's like red, hopefully. Um, Now, I want you to think about, likewise, the dashboard of your soul. Your soul and your heart has a dashboard, and there are red lights that pop up, and there are green lights that pop up. And I want you guys, I want all of us here, just just think about the, 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 the lights, the red lights that are popping up maybe right now, this week, you know, and, and on our dashboard, on the dashboard of our heart, what are the things that we need to, to really attend to and say, man, I've got to stop, and I've got to give this attention. I've got to give this maintenance. Because you know what all those red lights are indicating? They're indicating our character. They're indicating our character, the things that need attention, right? Hold on, stop, pull over, get gas now, or you will be stranded, okay? You will have to get major work done, okay? Or somebody else will have to work on you, you know what I'm saying? It's just how it happens, okay? So, what, what does your dashboard look like? What does your dashboard look like? Uh, an author named A.W. Pink said this, for the Christian to keep his heart 
means for him to pay close attention to the direction in which his affections are moving, to discover whether the things of the world are gaining a firmer and fuller hold over him or whether they are increasingly losing their charm for him. Wow. And so I just, I want to pray over us in a second. I'm just going to ask right now that you would just stand with me. Maybe we have some, a few minutes here for our worship team to come back. But would you stand with me this morning? We carry the resurrection this week. That's what we're talking about, carrying the resurrection. We carry the resurrection through a few different ways. And these, again, these are ways that I've thought about in my life through loving well, through the words that we speak, and through the character that we keep. These are three different things that I know God has spoken to me as saying, you know, as a son, this is how I want you to carry my resurrection. I don't want you just to wait until next Easter to celebrate this incredible act. I want to live with this life every single day that he's given me. I don't want to just say, yep, I'm a Christian, you know, which is great. Nothing wrong with labels and terms and names and things like that, titles or whatever, but I want to live and carry God's death, his resurrection life in a new way, in a more powerful way than I ever have before. And so what I would like to do is I'd like to pray a prayer, not just a a closing prayer, not just a, a dismissal prayer. I'd like to pray a resurrection prayer over you and over all of us because this is the week after Easter. And I don't want next Sunday for us to come in here and to say, wait a second, it's back to business as, as usual, right? Back to life as usual. No, let's carry the resurrection. And let's realize this each and every single day. Let's, the moment we, w- we open our eyes, say, God, thank you for the, the life, the eternal promise that you've given me, the resurrection power that you've given me. I want to walk in that fully every day. I don't want to forget that. I don't want to lose that. I want to love people well. I want to keep my words, I want my words to be sprinkled with salt. I want my character to be, um, you know, deep and full of integrity. So let me pray for you. Let's close our eyes. Just want you to, and if you feel led this morning, I would just ask, would you just put your hands out in front of you? Just kind of like, just to, in, a, in a posture, just to receive. Just want to pray this prayer of resurrection you, over you. Father God, I thank you for this day and for this opportunity to talk to the family of God about carrying the resurrection. Help us all not to lose the significance of this past Sunday, but also not to lose the significance of every single day. That we get the joy and the privilege to carry Jesus' resurrection in our lives just as he carried the cross to death. Help us to carry the resurrection through the love that we show, to carry the resurrection through the words that we speak, and to carry the resurrection by the character that we keep. There's no greater peace than to know that we're your sons and daughters invited into your kingdom. And I pray for those in this room who may not have had that, have really fully have that assurance today, that they would reach out to you, that they would ask you to be their Lord and their Savior. If they feel led, that they would come to talk to me or somebody on staff here at the church, the worship team, or somebody afterwards. But Lord, we all want to know your love this year in a much deeper way, right? 
And you've given us that new life, that resurrection life to carry into each and every day. So help us to do so faithfully, Father. We love you and we love you and we love you. We thank you, God, that you came to die for us, but that it didn't end there. That the the prophecy and the sacrifice was fully completed as you came back and you were raised from the dead to give us resurrection power, the power that breaks off sin, that makes us whole and complete, not lacking in anything. So Lord, we just, again, this Sunday, we receive that life this morning. If you're feeling some kind of emptiness this morning or some kind of void where you're not completely full, you're hungering, you're longing, the love of Jesus and his resurrection power can fill that today. He died to give us everything. And he did that. My prayer over you is that you would receive the love of the Father, not just today, but every day this week. And God, your fullness, your glory would fill us this week, God. That, Lord, we would carry the resurrection by loving well. That we would carry the resurrection by the words that we speak to people. And that we would carry the resurrection by the character that we keep inside of us, Jesus. And, Lord, I pray your blessing. I pray your hand. I pray your protection over your sons and daughters as they leave this building, God. But not only that, as we also pray and and believe and know that you've called us to be light and you've called us to be salt and ask you would help us to carry this resurrection, not only in our homes, not only in our marriages, but that the overflow of that would go into this world and go into this community and go into our schools and our workplaces, that this community would just be totally disoriented and wrecked by the love of God this week that you would have your way and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. All right, so that is the message that I shared at um, Impact Church in Fruitland, Maryland, uh, called Carry the Resurrection. I hope you guys enjoyed that message, sort of a kind of a post-Easter message. Um, I wanted to follow up and just... Uh, talk a little bit about how important it is we we not forget that um, how important Easter is and what do we do with the resurrection. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed that podcast and really looking forward to some um, some um, good good content coming up here shortly. I'm sitting with with Tracy Honus, wife of Frank Honus, who's speaking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Our daughter's sitting here too. And so we just wanted to kind of tease you guys a little bit with um, an upcoming uh, conversation we're going to have, a podcast that we're going to have, and Tracy's going to tell you what that is. So we're going to explore the idea and the thought of marriage is a sanctuary of the heart. And what does that look like? Um, how do we play that out in our daily lives and just kind of journey through that thought? Yeah. So talking about how important it is that we that we cherish, that we treasure, that we uh, really sanctify and guard the heart of our spouse. And just what that looks like practically, I think, in a marriage, I think that would be really helpful probably to people out there listening. And it would be helpful for us to kind of talk that out and flesh that out. So we've got some homework to do and some things to to, uh, to talk through. And just really looking forward to have having my wife back on the podcast. It's, it's only been about 100 episodes. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm slowly getting more and more involved. I'm behind the scenes. So, you know, every every 100 episodes or so, we'll be able to hear from her. But I, I think we're getting her back involved some more. And, and she's actually approached me with some cool ideas and some things she wants to do. And some stuff maybe even coming up here in the summer and fall and whatnot for, uh, for future uh, episodes of Purity for Life. So, hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening to episode 186. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless.